you know, but once you really start making sales and you're like, okay, I'm not blowing all my money. Like, let me reinvest into my business. So, I don't know where I'm going with this, man, but that's, that's a huge part, man. It's just taking that and wrapping it back to your business to grow and scale. So I guess to your question is what am I doing? It's, it's aligning myself with people who are, are where I want to be, copying, pasting what's already working for them, and just thinking bigger, man, having, having bigger conversations. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, today I have the pleasure of interviewing Kevin Sean, who has 19 years of military experience and military leadership experience. So we're going to be talking a lot about today about how a life in the military can lead to success in real estate because he's hitting the ground running in real estate owns some investment properties, which we'll get into as well. But Kevin, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast with us. Take us into, man, like what, what's been the craziest thing that you've had so far in, in uh, the military? Bro, <laughs> uh, first, thanks for having me, man. Uh, the military is a constant, like running with scissors, if you will. Yeah. Like everything's a priority. So you just have to kind of juggle it and figure it out. But, uh, you know, th there's been a lot of highs and lows throughout my career. I think one of the, one of the biggest personal challenges, I guess, struggles I, I went through uh, was was making it to special forces assessment and selection, passing yeah. the Q, passing that that assessment, and then getting into the Q course, and then only to not make it all the way through. Right, so mm. that was kind of a, a huge huge hurdle to overcome. But yeah, dude, the army is constant craziness, man. Like there's there's always something that you're trying to trying to put out, put out a fire or, or solve somebody else's problem. So yeah, that's a normal day in the life, man. So as far as the real estate world and obviously real estate's got a lot of fires to put out, like how has being in the military prepared you for the fires of real estate? Um, so real estate is very, especially in, in sales, right? It's a people business and the army has, you know, allowed me to interact and, and work with a, a lot of people from all different walks of life, man. And you know, having that interpersonal skill kind of like naturally ingrained in me has allowed me to be successful in real estate. And just that communication barrier with different different backgrounds of all types, I think is very uh, transferable skill from the military into real estate. Yeah. So let's talk about, so obviously putting out the fires, but what are maybe the top three skills or character traits that, that you developed in the military you did not have before you went in? Um, I think, I think confidence, man, is, is a big one. You know, I, I joined pretty, pretty young. I was like 18, something like that. So, you know, you, you know, you, uh, you kind of get forced into these positions of responsibility and you it's sink or swim. Right. And, <clears throat> you know, through those, those failures, those, those many failures throughout your career and, and my, my life specifically, you know, you fail enough times, you just stop caring about failing and you just start accepting that's part of the process. Right. So, being willing to fail uh, in, a, in a new position that's, that's challenging, I think has helped me in real estate because it's hard, man. You know, very few people have a, a mentor to teach them step-by-step. Step. Uh, I didn't have one. I was just willing to fail forward and that helped me. I guess that's the number one thing. Number two, I kind of already highlighted just the, the interpersonal skills, man. Just being able to talk to people of all walks of life and connect with them on some way, shape or form. Even if it's nothing super personal to me, it's just having that general uh, you know, human connection. Right. And then yeah. the third bro is just hustle. Like you, you gotta, you gotta run bro. And like in the army, it's, it's relatively easy to, to outperform your peers. Um, you know, 
traditional like government employee syndrome, right? Like, you know, the dude over here is getting paid just as much money as I am and he's doing one eighth of the work, right? But, you know, if I want to promote and progress in my career, I have to constantly outshine those people. And that, you know, that fire has, has transitioned into to real estate as well. So. A lot of times when you're in an environment of mediocrity where people are trying to take the easy road, right? It's, it's not only hard because like, that's an example that you're around all the time, but a lot of times those guys are trying to pull you down to their level so they can feel better about themselves. Like, how did you handle that element? The mental aspect of like, no, I'm going to keep pushing to be the best version of myself. Uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot that's a, that, that can go very deep. Right. But, uh, I guess two things, man, is one, I just, you know, we've all, we all got a sad story. I got one too. Right. And, um, I've kind of programmed myself to just try to find the positives through all the bullshit. Right. Um, so I'll try not to cuss, man. Hey, <laughs> uh, you, you do uh, you, man. Okay. Um, and then I guess the other one is you, you kind of said it, man, I'm gonna say it in a different way. It's like people want to see you be successful, but just, they don't want it to appear that you're more successful than them. And, you know, in my army career, I, I've been pretty successful, man. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not the highest ranking dude, but I've definitely climbed the ladder. I, I've held multiple leadership positions and no one gave a fuck about what I did on the weekends when I was drinking, smoking, playing video games. Right. But once I started side hustling and like people start seeing my social media and I'm like selling houses and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of marketing myself, uh, dude, people that I love, respect and admire, like kind of, kind of like threw some shade at me, man. Like, you know, we need to, you need to work hard in the army and this and that. Mind you, I was in a very key to their position, crushing it, getting, you know, great report cards, all that stuff. But on the side, my, my nights and weekends, um, I was, you know, hustling, right. Instead of drinking and smoking, I was out showing and selling houses. And, um, it, it was hard, man. It was hard. Cause like those people died, I, I had a ton of respect for them. And it's like, man, like now you care about what I'm doing when it's not benefiting you, you know, it's just, it was a hard pill to swallow, man, but I was so close to the finish line. You know, I was, I think that was about three years ago, two years ago, something like that. And I knew for a fact that 20 years I was going to get out. Yeah. So at some point, you know, this, this army, right. The, the, it stops, right. My uniform, all that stuff gets taken off. And ultimately like they don't really care about me no more. Right. But my family who I'm responsible for, who is dependent on me to provide a good life, they're going to be here. Right. And I got to make sure that I'm set to, to do that and, and to transition in a less stressful manner. You know what I mean? Cause uh, yeah. I, I've seen too many of my peers do it and do they, they go through it cause they were so tied up in the identity of the military, right? Which it's very easy to do. And you take that identity off and then it's like, who are you? What am I? What, what's my purpose? And I didn't want to deal with that. I wanted to know who I am and have a multiple array of identities, I guess you could say, and just, just and just run with it. How hard is that for you, you know, especially like the last couple of years to be working all day, all week, and then come and then grind on the weekends? Um, you know, thankfully my wife is super supportive, right? And she would uh, proactively take the kids to do fun things, right? So it wasn't just like I was not acknowledging that. And, you know, so she, it was a very much a team sport. Um, but it was kind of a proof of concept, man, because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of institutionalized, right? Like I've been in the army for a very long time that we do things a certain way. And most of society doesn't know, relate or respond to how we, we traditionally talk to each other, which is usually pretty assertive and aggressive. Right. 
Um, so it was a proof of concept that I knew I wanted to get out, but I also wanted to make sure I could provide. Right. So, uh, I guess that was the motivator. And then, you know, just, just knowing that if I work hard enough, I will get results. Yeah. And if I quit before I see results, then I'm never going to see results. Right. So that first year, uh, I think I sold 18 houses while working, you know, I was getting up at four o'clock in the morning, doing PT, doing army stuff all day long, getting off at five, usually, usually bringing a change of clothes with me. Uh, so I could change and then go show houses. Uh, so I mean, it, it was, it was rough dude. that, that, that year, I think towards the end Christmas time, you know, it, it kind of slowed down, right. Which it normally does. And your boy was tired, man. Like I, I was like, babe, I just need to like, let's just go somewhere, keep the phones yeah. at the house. Like, I don't even want to do anything. I just want to hang out with you guys. Yeah. So that was, uh, it, it kind of, it was a proof of concept, but it was also like, this is not a way sustainable to do business. Exactly. Yeah. So kind of walk me through how you built the business. I mean, this is really amazing that you built essentially, you know, 18 houses while working a full-time job. So what was your marketing efforts like? How were you acquiring the business? Um, so I wish I could tell you something like really cool, but it was just, it was just me being me, man. Like I'm, I'm kind of a social butterfly, Yeah. you know, where, where I started, uh, that was the longest I'd ever been stationed anywhere, which was four years. And when I got licensed, we were like two and a half, three years in. So by that time we, we had built, built some friends, you know, built some, some kind of a community, if you will. And because it's the military, you know, people who are constantly PCSing, right? Coming in going out. So that helped. Um, but it was just really word of mouth, man. Sphere, uh, was really what did it. And then, you know, if I sold a few, sold a few house to, to maybe some outliers, a few referrals, then they would, you know, if you take care of them, they, they kind of say, Hey, Kevin took care of me. You know, you should use him. Um, and that's how it started. And in the beginning I was doing all of it, dude, paperwork, showing, you know, all of it. And I was like, this is terrible. Like I'm, I'm, I can't do any of anything, but work in real estate. So I quickly learned the, the value of leverage. Right. And I was like, let me hire TC so they can do all of the back end. So when I'm actually off work, army work, all I have to worry about is showing and, you know, communicating with my, my clients. Right. So that, you know, that learning that early on allowed me to, to leverage and scale, which I think more agents should do sooner is definitely learn the process, but don't be so scared to like not spend money in your business, because if you're willing to spend and invest in your business, it will grow and scale. Um, I heard someone say, it's like, you need, you need uh, cash to grow fast. Something like that. You need gas is cash to grow fast kind of thing. Or something like it's that. It's true. I think I messed it up. <laughs> Well, I think this is one of the main reasons that maybe should more people should be advising that people stay in their jobs longer, right? I mean, I feel like there's there's some possibility. I mean, obviously you're working a job and you have real estate, which it could not be great on a family, but bottom line is like you've got cash to grow the business and you're forced to operate the business in a tight time window. I think that could be a benefit for a lot of people because you don't have as much time to waste on fluff. Like it's like what really matters? I've got to get leads, I got to close deals, et cetera. Like, did you find that like having maybe a 20 hour week, week window at max, like was, was a huge benefit for you? Yes. And honestly, I'm realizing it now because now my days are kind of like, I, I do what I want. Right. So yeah. I still wake up early. I go to the gym, but it's just kind of like, man, what am, what should I do? Like <laughs> I have so much time. So it's, it's definitely, I'm kind of relearning, uh, you know, how to, how to run a business, man. And kind of how to maximize my time. And 
you know, in a weird way, I, I kind of felt like I was doing more with less when I was under, under, under the needle, under the gun or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a struggle that I'm kind of trying to figure out right now. I, I can like, re, re, uh, it resonates with me like deeply. Cause like I, when I was a producer as an agent, like it was easy for me cause I come from a sales background just to come in and crank. But the second I became a team leader and my day opened up, it was like, dude, what am I doing all day? Right. I'm just putting out this fire or whatever. Like, it's like every stage requires a different level of schedule and discipline. And, um, it could be a real struggle. So as you're sorting through that part of the business, like what's been your process to try and get to, uh, you know, to peak efficiency? Um, I, you know, I think it's just, uh, I was with one brokerage for, for a very long time and, you know, I, I didn't want to leave out of loyalty and all that stuff. Right. And, you know, but I had all these signs telling me like, dude, like this other brokerage is like something you should really look into. And yeah. it wasn't so much the brokerage as it was the, the community. Yeah. Um, and just the people that, that I already loved, respected, admired, and like could see that they're operating and, and talking about much bigger things than yeah. your traditional agent. And, you know, I, I love the sales game, but like, that's not the end game for me. Like there's other things I want to grow and, and use that cash as gas to grow fast, right? In, in other avenues, right? Um, so ultimately I, I changed, I switched and it's really just leveraging the systems that, you know, you have people who are producing and, and crushing it. Just, just copy and paste, man. Like don't recreate the wheel. Like just use that and then hire assistants or TCs or marketing people. Like, you know, I, I think that's a, a struggle with a lot of agents, man, is they, they leave. And I, I, I did it too. I told one of my buddies, like, I'm about to be a millionaire, bro. Like as soon as I got my license, he's like, let, let me pull you out of the clouds, Kevin. Like that's, yeah. let's calm down. <laughs> Um, but you know, we, we start all this energy and then we like, I, I made a thousand dollars on this deal. Like, exactly. I, st I still, I still got to kick 30% to my broker. Right. I, you know, I spent a hundred dollars of gas, whatever. So, you know, but once you really start making sales and you're like, okay, I'm not blowing all my money. Like, let me reinvest it into my business. So I don't know where I'm going with this, man, but that's, that's a huge part, man. It's just taking that and wrapping it back into your business to grow and scale. So. I guess to your question is what am I doing? It's, it's aligning myself with people who are, are where I want to be copying, pasting what's already working for them and just thinking bigger, man, having, having bigger conversations. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, Many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. 
If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. So you own four doors, your primary residence and some properties on the East Coast and one or two in Texas. And so you were actively investing while in the military using probably the VA and some house hacking strategies. So tell us a little bit more about that. So my first one was a duplex in Savannah and um, I was in like 2012, you know, I was living American dream, paycheck to paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. Um, All that good stuff. And I was like, man, this is stupid. You know, like I was paying a thousand dollars for a studio apartment, you know, a huge car payment. And I I really just liquidated everything. And I bought a, a, a hoopty, but it was honestly one of my favorite trucks, man. It was, a, it was a 1990 Toyota pickup, single cab. It was lifted. Nothing was power on it except the, except steering. Everything was manual, everything. But I love that truck, man. Anyways, um, once I freed up all my like my debt, right, I started uh, looking for homes, uh, and I utilized the VA loan to buy my first duplex. And my overhead went from a thousand dollars a month to three hundred. Because I closed on that deal, it already had a tenant on the other side. I lived in one side, so immediately I was I was positive cash flow. And over the years, my rents have gone up, and my cash flow has increased even more. And that value has increased; it's basically doubled. It's it's more than doubled in value. And yeah, I just all I I didn't do anything crazy, man. I just bought a house and lived in it, right? And then. The army moved me to North Carolina where I did the same thing. I used my VA loan to buy that property, which a lot of people think you can't use the VA multiple times, but you can, you know, there, there is some stipulations, you know, debt to income, all stuff, but it's a powerful tool. Any veteran should use that tool to their advantage. Um, and then fast forward a few times, man, you know, it's, I own a couple other properties, man. So. And so, I mean, this alone is a sense of retirement, right? I mean, as these things pay themselves off, it's thousands and thousands of dollars a month of net rental income. And then obviously you'll be getting some income from the military. So thank you for your service there. Um, nice, so your goal in becoming sales, you talk about bigger goals. Is it to grow the rental portfolio or what's what's the big goals that you're chasing? Um, yes, to own more properties. Um, commercial definitely intrigues me. Uh, you know, wh- whatever that realm is. I mean, there's there's so many realms of real estate. But yeah, dude, just it's it's Monopoly, right? Like I wish I played Monopoly more when I was a kid. I was like, no, nah, that game's stupid. And now I'm a grown adult. I'm like watching my kids play and they're whooping my ass. And like, but I'm watching, it's like, it's resonating with them. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like, dude, this is real life. Like it's, it's not buying the whole state, but it's buying as much land you can in this state and that state and just let time be your, your, your best friend. Yeah. Well, and talk about monopoly. I mean, like I played quite a bit as a kid and like there were times where we played very, you know, kindly peacefully like like really like nice version right and there were times yeah. where like we had auctions right like i didn't even know for a couple of years when i was a kid that like you're supposed to auction these properties when someone can't buy them right and then it got intense like those like those have helped me in business you know like yes. playing monopoly as a kid has helped you know recognizing things and all the negotiation skills you build as a kid so yeah it's so cool to see that your kids are playing man that's yeah man that's awesome so now that your kids are doing it like what is that like? I mean, like, are you then giving them teaching lessons on top of it or is it just about having fun? It's primarily having fun, but you know, when they ask questions about money, like my son's like, dad, I want to be a billionaire. I was like, how are you going to do it? Right. So I just, instead of saying, yeah, you can, it's like, how are you going to do it? Right. And it's just, it's really cool to watch his brain work and how he answers 
almost like philosophically sometimes like, man, that's that's really good, bro. Like that's really good, dude. So it's, it's, it's setting in and it's just, I hope, you know, in time and years, he'll understand like, do you want to buy this liability right now because it's 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 instant gratification, or do you want to buy this asset that will fund the liability? Yeah. And now you have two two of the you have both things just uh, with a more longevity when it comes to building wealth. So eighteen deals in your first year, like what what are your goals for your sales business? Uh, I would like to make half a million a year in sales, like net after expenses. That that would be pretty sweet. And, um, you know, depending on the price point, it, it varies on how many deals I have to do, right? <clears throat> so I would like to work smarter, not harder, and, and work in the higher price point deals, right? But I also understand that, you know, helping veterans buy a first-time house is pretty pretty dope too, right? So it's just finding that balance, man, and potentially, potentially grow a team, Um I don't know, man. I, I kind of like being me and I have a few people that I, that I love, respect and admire and are doing pretty good, but you know, it's just no, nothing's off the table right now. I just, I really want to focus on providing excellent service, um, adding value to my clients and then, you know, just make money in the process and then take that money and, and buy other assets. Yeah. So a lot of agents don't invest in property sometimes ever, but usually if they do, maybe it's one, like how has investing ahead of getting into the real estate agent game, like impacted your outlook on real estate? It's, it's something that I, I, I kind of struggle with, man. Cause like I get really excited when it comes to investing. Right. <clears throat> and not that I have a bunch of doors. Right. Cause I, I know people have like 70, 80. I'm like, geez, dude, like that's really impressive. Um, but it's, it's kind of knowing, knowing your audience, right? Like, there's most buyers don't want to invest. They just want to buy a house and that's the one house they want to buy. And, you know, they may or may not sell in five, 10 plus years. Right. And so I I tread lightly. I'm just like, Hey, you know, this is a book that helped me. And I I introduced, was it a rich dad, poor dad and a few things. It just kind of helped help kind of shift my mind a little bit, but I don't overwhelm them with invest, invest, invest. Right. Cause it just kind of pushes them off. However, if anybody has an inclination on like, Hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a young single dude or single couple or, or not single couple, but you know, they don't have kids, right? Like you could live in the fourplex for a year. You know, you don't have a yard, you don't need a yard, but you know, in a year that will fund the big house or, or whatever. Like, so it's not, it's just, I don't know, man. Am I, am I asking you a question, man? <laughs> yeah, totally, man. <laughs> what is your vision for your life and business next 12 to 18 months? Um, as far as the business goes, man, it's just streamlining, learning all the new systems. Cause I just, I just changed <clears throat> and you know, I'm retiring dude. So I, I do need to focus on that because you know, there's a lot of medical appointments. That I need to make sure I'm hitting to, to make sure I'm maximizing those, those resources. So it's, it's really, I'm not going to run with scissors as I did the, first, the last couple of years, just because I, I don't need the income. Um, but I want to make sure I'm building the business and doing it in a strategic way. So, you know, I'm focusing on just level, leveraging systems, kind of rebranding and just really shaping the clientele I want to work with. Right. And I don't, I don't want to rush to failure on that process. So I just want to take it nice and easy. And then on the backside or on the military side is just focus on making sure I'm hitting all those appointments. So once retirement comes, everything's set. 
I don't need to worry about anything. I'm good to go. So it's not super exciting, kind of a nice, easy transition. And you've got some passions that you're, you're interested in beyond real estate. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Uh, I mean, there's, there's two dude that I would like to, you know, positively impact the world, man. Uh, one of which is I wrote an article about it in 2019. Uh, it was, it was was titled why suicide so difficult to talk about. And in the military dudes, you know, suicide is like, do the, it's, it's through the roof, man. And it's even higher in the veteran community, which is pretty crazy because, you know, we talk about active duty, but we don't talk about veteran community and even the civilian sector, right? Like it's, it's a, it's a problem, man. So it's a passion project for me because my dad, you know, he uh, took his own life when I was in high school and, mm. you know, I kind of, kind of pushed all those emotions deep down for, for years. And then I started, you know, going to these funerals for service members in my units who, who were leaving, uh, in an untimely fashion. Right. Yeah. So I was like, man, like, I just need to share this story. And, um, I, sh- I started with my, my squad and, you know, it was, it was a little hard, right. I, I don't, I don't think I cried then because it was, mm. <laughs> was tough. Right. But, um, it was hard, bro, to, to actually let that, that go to, you know, some strangers that, you know, as dudes, right. We don't really share emotions, right. Unless it's like high fives and back slaps or something, right. Like it's just, so anyway, man, once I started doing that, uh, it was, it was like this snowball effect, man. Like a few soldiers would hit me up, like, like, Hey man, you know, I'm going to counseling now because you shared that. Like, I'm, you know, I was, I was in a very bad spot and it wasn't right away. A lot of it's been years after the fact they would call and like, dude, you, you saved my life, dude. Like mm-hmm. I was in a bad spot, man. And because you shared that story and you showed me a different light, like it's, I'm still here today, man. And, and I thank you for it. So I would like to, you know, create something that, I don't know, identifies and highlights it in a way that doesn't turn people away. Cause most, most people you talk about suicide and they, they look for the exit, you know? So, so that's something I want to work on. And then, um, you know, I, I didn't really have a father figure that much as a kid for obvious reasons. Um, but even before that, man, you know, with, I'll spray the details. Um, but I, I do want to positively impact like high school kids, man. Like, you know, dudes or even, you know, high school men and women who maybe don't have a, a positive male role model to just help ignite that fire, man. Cause dude, we're, we're so capable that, you know, I, I really wish if I had someone, you know, when I was 17, 16, yeah. that just like helped me identify like, dude, you, whatever you see right now around your, your sphere, your circle of friends, like that's not forever. Like if you have a goal, a dream, a vision, like pour gas on that fire, man, let's go. Yeah. I mean, that's such a great piece of advice. You know, like, gosh, I'm going to connect you with a few people. We've had some people on the show that have very, very similar missions, and this would be so powerful. I have most of my families in the military, Navy side, um, and I think this is such an important mission, um, you know, to help the people that have served our country. Would you say, do you feel like a lot of people struggle with suicidal ideation because they're they're no longer on a mission now that they're veterans? Uh, I think it's a big, it's, it's, it's like your identity, man. And, um, I, I feel like I forget who said it, man. It was a, a leader a long time ago, man. He's like, dude, if, if you're in a dark spot, like take a take out a piece of paper and just write down, like, what am I, who am I? And like, get as many as you can. Like I'm a father, I'm a friend, I'm a husband, I'm a realtor, I'm a badass, whatever. Right. And just have all these lists of things that you are, because 
in the military and even like the police department uh, and other like, I don't know, service in based industries, right? Um, uh, first responders, you, you really do become, it's a big part of your identity, right? Like, and once that, once that stops, man, like there's no real like parade. It's just, thank you for your service, you know? And for a lot of people, man, like it's a hard pill to swallow. And I've seen it personally, uh, you know, they just, they kind of struggle, man. And it's just like, dude, you're so much more than this uniform, you know, like that's just, it is, it has helped shaped who you are, but is not who you are. So mm-hmm. yes, to, in a long roundabout answer. Yes. I think that's a big part of it, man. Yeah. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for sharing about your life, your business, your passions. Um, guys, for those of you out there listening, like maybe you take away some of the, the lessons that he learned in the military, how he applied it, how he's focusing on systems. Maybe you put yourself as if you're working another job, right? Give yourself 20 hours a week, see what happens in your business, see how you can eliminate the waste in your business and have more productivity, whatever it is, write down something you learned from this episode, share it with somebody you know, so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day, before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 